Welcome to the Impactful Leadership Show. I'm your host, Greg McDonough. John Lennon once said, a dream you dream alone is only a dream. A dream you dream together is reality. Join me as we connect dreams to reality by chatting with innovators from around Washington, DC. Our show is proudly sponsored by the DC chapter of the Entrepreneurs Organization. This is the Impactful Leadership Show. Welcome to the Impactful Leadership Show. I'm your host, Greg McDonough. I'm the founder of Blackburn Capital Advisors. Today's guest is a leading sales speaker and coach with over 30 years of sales and executive experience. A proven CEO and entrepreneur, built six companies into national firms. Former captain of the U.S. Army, so thank you for that. Renowned professional speaker, co-author of the Sales Playbook, Amazon best-selling author of the Hyper Sales Growth, and the recent publication, Jack Daly's Life by Design. Please welcome Jack Daly. Greg, um, with all of that introduction, I don't know where to go. Um, <laughs> thanks, thanks for having me. Oh, we we set we set the audience up for disappointment. What do I do next, right? But uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a real joy to be here and talk about the topic that we have today. Fantastic. Well, as I said, it's great to have you, Jack. And and this podcast, I focus on leadership. And my favorite question to ask is, tell me about some misconceptions in leadership. You know, um, I do CEO coaching around the world over the phone. And um, and I started doing that almost five years ago. And I see a lot of similarities. And one of those similarities is entrepreneurs and business owners at that leadership level uh, all too often are too involved in the day-to-day, too involved in the detail. And the the challenge with that is... When you're so deep into the weeds, you have a difficult time identifying where the opportunities to really scale your business are. Um, so, it, you know, I'm a big fan of what I call model the masters. You want to do anything well, find people that have already um, struck oil, um, found how to do things well and mirror them. So when I think about business giants and then I ask myself the question, how do they spend their time? They're not in the weeds. Um, and so the misconception for me is that we've got to go and roll up our sleeves and get dirty and get in the muck. Um, and I work diligently to get my coach clients out of that um, out of that misconception. That's a fantastic insight. Digging a little bit deeper into that, talk to us about how to identify that you're in the weeds, right? Like you're running these businesses, we're doing the things we got to do, we're we're hustling, and all of a sudden time just sort of slips by. So talk to us about how you help your clients identify that, hey, I'm stuck in the weeds and I should be at a 10,000 foot level. Yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer that question two different ways, Greg. Um, one way is to, to go the route you're asking me to go, which is take a look at what, they're doing and and identify the pieces that they should get out of of their day to day. That's that's one way that's one way to approach it. Uh, and and if I were to take that route, which is not the route that I would typically take, but if I were to take that route, uh, I I would say uh, at several times during the day, ask yourself. Um, is it critical and essential for me, the leader of the company, to actually be doing this activity? I have a 
number of favorite expressions as a speaker. And one of them is, if you don't have an assistant, you are one. You know, there are things that need to be done in our company, but not necessarily done by us. So the key is, are you working on, and get this, the highest payoff activity that you could be utilizing with your talent as the leader of the company? So that's one way to answer it. And you took me in that direction. But what I what I prefer to, to convey to my clients is this. Um, let's figure out where you ought to spend your time. Rather than looking at what you're doing and pulling things out, let's look at it in a, a, at, a, at a higher level. What, what is it that the leader of the company is supposed to do? And, and I, I've got it down to three things. And, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a narrow guy in terms of if I can get my leaders focused on just a few things and do those really well, um, we're going to have success as a, as a, as a company. So uh, those three things for me, one, setting the vision for the company, being crystal clear what we're trying to do, what does the company look like in its future, and being the spokesperson and the cheerleader, making sure the rest of the organization regularly hears where that vision is. What I like to say is you can't get there unless you know what there is. And so here we sit in the eighth month of this year. And I would ask any leader in the seven months that's taken place in the, la in the last seven months of this year, um, it, it, did you move forward towards your vision? Did what you work on get you closer to what you're trying to accomplish? Um, and if you can't articulate what you're trying to build, then how can you lead your people to that end zone, so to speak? So that's item number one. The second of three things is key people and key spots. And this one is an essential point. Um, if I don't want my leader of the company, my business owner, CEO, entrepreneur, if I don't want them in the muck, well, I've got to have people that do get in the muck. So key people in key spots is essential. And then uh, I'm not suggesting that you abdicate, but I am suggesting that you delegate. And there's a big difference in that because abdicating is saying, well, Greg's got that and Mary's got this, and Jane's got this, uh, and let them go. Um, I, I want accountability. Uh, I want systems and processes, checks and balances, and I'm going to have a system and a process that, that where I can check in on those key people in key spots, but uh, I don't have to be doing it regularly and every day. For, for example, my leadership team, each individual had a specific day each month that they could spend an entire day if necessary with me. And they could get a hold of me when they needed me. But other than that, um, I just cut and let them run for the rest of the month. That They're the subject matter experts. I'm relying on them. So key people in key spots, item number two. And then number three is building a winning culture. And mm -hmm. uh, I'm not going to try to outdo Peter Drucker. He said it better than anybody culture each strategy for breakfast, right? So I say, if you get the culture right, everything else that goes on in the company gets better. Um, and so what are you doing as the leader of the company to ensure and make 
make sure that the company has got a culture where the people in your firm don't get up moaning and groaning about having to go to work, but actually look forward every day to going in and making things happen uh, in the direction of that vision. Uh, now, let, let me, let, I, I really appreciate you're letting me go on here, uh, but let me, give me just a little bit more here. Uh, I, I hear so many leaders talk about the difference and the reason that their company is so successful is our people. Our people are our number one asset and things like that, those mantras I hear all of the time. So here's what I do. I challenge those leaders and say, okay, I'm going to give you five buckets and I want you to identify what percentage of your time is spent in each one of these five buckets. And it has to add up to 100% of your time. So what percent of your time is being spent on the revenue generating side of the house? Because if you don't have revenues, you don't have a company. Right. So what percentage of your time is on the revenue side of the house? What percentage of the time is on the operations side of the house? The delivery uh, on on that, uh, on the promises made on the revenue sales side of the house. What percentage of your time is spent on the strategic side of the house? What percentage of the time is spent on the financial side of the house? The P&Ls, the balance sheet, the, the stuff that is in the CFO type of category. And then the fifth, what percentage of the time is spent on the culture? And I want to know from my leader how they allocate their 100% of their time. And when I force them to do that, the overwhelming majority, the bucket that has the least percentage of their time is culture. But they'll tell you how important it is, mm. right? And, and so why we don't spend the time on the culture as the leader is because we're too involved in the day-to-day. So if you can get released from that. So one of my models is Richard Branson. And if you think about what Branson's built in, in my lifetime, because he and I are about the same age, uh, you know, he has over 100 companies operating under the Virgin brand. But does he, is he a visionary? Without a doubt. But he told me that if he got involved in the day-to-day, it would be horrific because he would just muck it up. Um, and, and so key people was, was one of his principles. And then he said, I spend the rest of my time being the cheerleader of the company. Mm. That's awesome. Richard Branson is not involved in the day-to-day of any of his companies. And he so has he, enjoyed tremendous success. Certainly. So let's dig into that a little bit further, Jack. When you say Branson was the cheer is the cheerleader of his businesses, talk to us about like how that is. It's not just him standing on television and, and saying how great his businesses are. There, there are probably certain things that he's doing that spur or encourage that culture to come through. What what have you seen him do, or what do you recommend, or you see that your clients have done that that really accelerate that culture? within an organization. Yeah, it's a, I, and I love the way you asked the question because you did it with, hey, what's Branson doing? And then you said, what's, what do you see with my clients that's working as well, right? Uh, and, 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 they, and they bring different elements into play. Uh, uh, the, the, the Branson piece, uh, and I've gotten to know Richard fairly well because we've been on stage together about eight times here, but he's employing thousands and thousands of people. 
what do you think when they get up in the morning? Are they looking forward to going to work? And, you, you know, you don't know, but your guess is, I think so, because he as a leader seems to suggest that it's fun to work at Virgin. Is he a guy that you want to be around? Gosh, absolutely. He looks like he's having a blast at life. And so as a CEO and as a leader, as an entrepreneur, are you having a blast at life? Do, do the people that are around you in your firm, they, do they want to see you and feel you and feel your essence? And I mean, are you that guy and gal? I mean, are, who are you uh, relative to that comparison, right? So that's that's what where I come from the Branson thing. Uh, now, Richard is doing a number of things that many of my clients are doing as well. And so that's the second part of the question. And so I'm going to put it under four umbrellas on the culture. One of those umbrellas is recognition systems. People are starving for recognition. What, what, what are your systems and processes to regularly ongoing recognize your people? And I'm not talking about investing a lot of money or any of those types of things. Um, one of the one of the most powerful things that I've ever, ever utilized in my businesses is th this right here, a blank sheet of paper, me writing a handwritten note saying, Greg, um, I think about the seven years you've been with the company. I was writing in this morning and the people that you work with, they they love you. And your customers are always mentioning your name and uh, I got to tell you, the contributions that you've made are absolutely directly connected to the success of our company. Um, let's make sure that we go out and ho hoist a beer sometime soon. And Jack, I write Jack at the bottom and I'll either send that to you and, or, or I'll leave it on your desk. And if, if, if you were working in Virgin and you got that letter from Richard Branson, I'm betting that you would keep it. I'm betting that you might even frame it. And all that took was a few moments of time, right? Uh, and it's treasured. Are you leveraging as a leader the prominence you have as a business leader owner? Uh, that, that's an asset that can be leveraged. Um, so recognition can take many forms. But I can tell you historically, for me, uh, I had my largest sales force was 2,600 salespeople. What I said was, at least I would write a hundred written notes each month to people in the organization. Mm -hmm. And I had a personal assistant that kept track of them. And on the 10th and 20th of the month, Gloria would come in and say, you're only at 37 and you said you're going to be at a hundred and it's the 20th of the month. You better get hopping, Right. Um, and so I had a process in the system to make sure that that recognition. So there's four umbrellas here. Recognition is big. People are starving. Feed them. The second is communication systems. And I'm underscoring that word systems. What are your systems to ensure regular ongoing communication? People want to know. They want to know how the company's doing, where the company's going, um, what challenges that we're dealing with and what we're doing about those challenges. What are the exciting things coming up? Um, and so proactive communication uh, is, is the next piece in that, in that culture, uh, well-informed. Uh, and you and I both know 
um, um, Vern Harnish, and 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 he talks about the the daily huddle. And many of my clients are investing 15 minutes or less each day, gathering everybody together. What's hot? What's not? Some recognition, and everybody goes back to work, and they feel like I know what where we're headed. What's going on? So communication systems. The third umbrella um, is personal and professional development processes. Answering this question for each employee, why should you come to work here to begin with? And once you employed here, why should you stay? Are you growing me personally and professionally? And many of my clients hear the professional side. So they give them, you know, whether it's sales training or um, a leadership training, management training, you know, all that type of thing. That's the professional side. But how about the personal side? For example, I'm a major bucket list guy. Uh, I have over 400 items on my bucket list. And, uh, and, and I just enjoy going and doing crazy, wacky stuff and big things and taking on some really exciting stuff. Um, uh, but what I'm, one of the things I do is I ask my employees, do you have a bucket list? And if not, here's mine. And would you like me to help you kind of design one? And you don't need to have 400 items on it. I'm an overachiever here. But, but what, 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 you know, let me show you how I put this together and, and what, it's, what it's transpired in terms of my life. And so I and, and, and even if I only get someone, somebody that works for me to give me three dreams. Now, can you imagine if I had 50 employees and I had three dreams for each of the 50? That's 150 dreams. I, I could put that on just a couple sheets of paper um, and every morning over breakfast, just look at the 150 dreams and say, I wonder if there's anybody's dream that I could make come true today. That's a cool job as a leader. And gosh, it is fantastic to have that going on in your company, right? Uh, and then the fourth is empowerment processes. My fourth umbrella is creating an environment where people can take initiative on their own. Uh, the way I like to, I set a high bar here. The way I like to articulate it, creating an environment in the company where whoever works in your company feels comfortable making decisions as if they were the owner, as if they own the place and cutting them loose. Today, the business world is moving so fast. Uh, people don't want... Uh, customers and prospects don't want to hear uh, that you need to get permission through the chain of command. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've seen that in the military. When I was in the military, it was Vietnam. Uh, and that now, you know, we're either Ukraine or Afghanistan. Um, and what we learned in Afghanistan is uh, that we're, we were getting beat in Iran and Afghanistan because the local little units of the Afghans and Iraqis, uh, they they were making decisions in groups of a half a dozen people. Uh, there was no taking up the ladder. And we were busy taking up the ladder and then it had to come back down the ladder. Uh, I think the same thing is true of business. Uh, find people that need to perform a function, get them to be able to perform the function and cut them loose to do their job uh, and, 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 and speed. Right. So if I if I take the sales side of the house, um, uh, a customer says, hey, Greg, I, I, I'd like to do business with you. 
can we tweak this in these two ways? And I want you to make that judgment call and just tweak it those two ways and commit to it, not go back to your boss and that boss's boss to say, can we make these changes? Because one of the things I found is that when the boss, the leader is out in the field with that salesperson and hears the customer say that, they rarely say, no, we can't do that. Mm. So if we're going to get the yes anyway, then just empower your people. Um, and so empower your people is the fourth piece of creating a winning culture. That's awesome, Jack. Um, you know, reading through your books, you talk a lot about role playing. And do you do you role play in culture creation or like, the empowerment piece you just mentioned? I can certainly see that. Right. Teaching your team how to make decisions on the fly and where the parameters may or may not be. Are there other types of role playing that support growing a culture, a winning culture within an organization? That, that's really very deep. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, don't, I could also go, um, uh, I, I, you know, Greg's going to accuse me right now of picking pepper out of fly shit. Uh, but, but, but I don't actually call it role playing. I call it role practice and, and, mm. and the, the world refers to it as role playing. So I'm fighting a losing battle, but, but people don't learn by playing. They learn by practicing, practice. right? I'm, I'm famous for saying sports teams are run better than most businesses. And the reason sports teams are run better than most businesses is one, they have a playbook systems and processes. You've heard me using those words regularly here. The second thing is they have a coach. And the third thing is they practice. Mm. It, it, if they, all they did was play, the season would have a lot of losses. The yeah. key to the winners is they practice. If you want to do anything well in life, practice. So the empowerment isn't easy of the pieces of culture. That's easy to role practice, yeah? The others are more difficult. And so what I would tell you is on the other three umbrellas on the culture, it's more community share. Best practices share. Um, if, if, uh, if I were to, if I were to ha be a manager leader in the company and I were on a call with the other nine leaders of the company and we were brainstorming on the recognition side, and I said, hey, I do these handwritten notes. And I told that story like I did with you just earlier. I think the other nine leaders that are on that call would go, well, that's easy. And I could see myself make that happen on a regular basis. Hey, Jack's, Jack's doing, Jack has a bigger workforce than me. He has 2,600 people. He's doing 100 of them a month. Um, I, I, I've only got 12 people. Gosh, I mean, it wouldn't take long to do 12 every month and find people, you know, now I'm going back 40 years to Blanchard's a one minute manager, find people uh, that are doing something successful and tell them about it. Right. Uh, and, and so, you know, it, here's here's the here's the great question. Uh, I get in front of in, in employees when I speak at times as a mass group at all different levels. And I just asked a simple question by a show of hands of anyone out here overly recognized. <laughs> and, and there's no hands up and people are laughing just like you are right now. So don't worry about overly recognizing people. 
I'm 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 big on getting people to be just pumped up and 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 feeling like they are respected and rewarded for what they bring to the to the job to the party every day. And and think about it. We go back to Branson. Um, he, he just exudes that type of feeling where, wherever he goes. And, you know, he opens up his island to people to come in. Uh, and several people that you know probably have been there and I know that have been there. And you go to Necker and you pay some exorbitant fee, but it's all going to charity. Uh, and, and you get to hang personally at Richard's house on Necker Island, uh, you know, for several days. And, uh, and everyone comes out of the experience full of life and, and energy and optimism. Are you as a leader doing that in your organization? That's powerful, Jack. Or, or are you too busy in the weeds? Right, right. Right? Yeah, that's awesome. So let's shift focus just a little bit. Um, Jack, I'd love to tell the audience a little bit more about you. Like, what's your what was your journey... How'd you get to where you are? Um, give us a little bit of, of the Jack, Jack history. Yeah. Um, so, you know, in, in the world, uh, because, you know, pre-pandemic, I would average 200,000 air miles a year. And uh, 2019, I, I spoke in over 30 countries, for example. Uh, next week, I head to Australia for three weeks and another week in uh, New Zealand. And I got, you know, eight or nine speaking gigs and then a bunch of social stuff going on. But um uh if i go if i go way back in time uh i i'm i i'm a sales guy uh it's my first sales job was seven years old uh, i charged twice the price of every kid i was competing with and i owned the market um it, 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 and and then at 12 i built my first company uh, by 13 i had five employees they were doing all the work I kept 70% of the money. Then I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And the real turning point in my life that I benefited so much from was at 13. And so I had this newspaper company with these five kids delivering the papers for me. And I, I became a caddy at the, at the private country club in our, in our community. And what I realized very quickly is that um, the guys that were there playing golf on weekdays and weekends were living in big estate homes and drove nice, fancy cars. Now, my, I'm the oldest of five kids. Uh, my, 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 my brother and I shared a bedroom that my closet today is bigger than. Uh, and, and, and we had five kids and, and, and two parents, and we shared one bathroom. Um, uh, and, and we weren't living that life. Uh, my dad worked six days a week just to feed us. And and the car was beat up and in the repair shop and all of that. And so I decided that if I could have a choice in life, I'd rather be the guys playing golf and driving the nice cars than my dad. Um, and so what I decided was um, I, I, I spent a couple days and I listed all the questions I wanted to ask them. And then when we when I carried my bag, carried their bag, I just asked them the questions for four and a half hours while they're playing golf. And I want you to imagine coming off the golf course after me asking you all these questions, you go into the clubhouse for a beer and you see a buddy of yours at the bar and you go, Hey, I just finished uh, playing my round of golf. 
I had this daily kid carry my bag. The guy goes, oh, did he ask you the questions? And so I became a phenomenon at the club. And people requested me several times because they wanted to know what I was doing with the questions. So let me tell you the biggest takeaway I got from this. Um, several people told me, you got to have goals. If they're not in writing, they don't count. Don't pick too many. Pick an indication of when they're going to be completed or a date um, and give them out to lots of people because it'll put pressure on you. Accountability. Right. Um, I, I, I started that pra practice at 13 years old. I'm 73 years old. I have been doing that every year for 60 consecutive years. Um, I, I went to school. I followed the plan uh, that I built at 13. That was going to take me in four dimensions of my life till I was 30. I followed that plan and then I've built subsequent plans all along the way. Um, and, and so I can tell you once I finished school uh, and my military service, I, uh, I then went on between 26 and 46 years old. I built six companies from a blank sheet of paper into national firms. And then I had the board of directors of two public companies asked me to turn around two large organizations. And then at about 46 years old, I lost my passion for that. And um, I figured I'll figure out what I'm going to do next. And my phone started ringing when people heard that I wasn't working. And they said, well, if you're not working, how about speaking at our company and speaking at this trade group? And all of a sudden, after about three months of that, I turned to my wife and said, man, I'm having the time of my life. I'm making a difference. I'm not weighted down by all the responsibilities of owning and running a company and what I need to do for my employees. And I get to see the world. Uh, and this is terrific. I'm, I'm going to give this a shot. And I've been doing it ever since, uh, literally. And, uh, you know, as I said, I head off uh, next week to, for Australia. I love it. I love it. So, Jack, if, if an audience member wants to reach out to you or, or to connect, what's the, the best platform? What's your social media platform of choice? Yeah. So, um, so, so, so my website, I'm going to give you first, and that's jackdailysales.com. And daily is D-A-L-Y. So jackdailysales.com. And the reason I give that first is we've loaded the website up, Greg, with so much content that's free. Um, 32 page magazines that you can download, uh, hundreds and hundreds of instructional videos, uh, workbooks that are 50, 60 pages that I use in full day workshop programs. That's all for free. Uh, and so avail yourself of that. Um, the second thing that I would tell, tell you is each of us has a, a preferred method of connecting. Uh, and so my preferred method is email. Uh, I look at all my emails myself. I may not handle them all myself because I would be in the weeds, uh, <laughs> but, but I see them all. And, uh, and my, my email address is jack at jackdailysales.com. And uh, and so if someone wants to get a hold of me, that's probably the easiest way to go. Uh, um, if, if, if I'm active in all of the social medias, whether it's in Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, you know, all of that type of stuff. Uh, and, you know, we, we've got quite a following on the on that because I'm very open with my life. Uh, and then I, I want to add one more thing because I, it's got such value. You, you mentioned uh, that I just recently published uh, a book 
Uh, it's, it's my 10th book. It's very different than any that I've done. Um, the other nine books were all about business. This is how to lead an intentional, exceptional personal life. And it's a bit of a bio, autobiography, but at the same time, it provides you the templates and the systems and processes of how I went about leading my life while having my businesses be successful. But the best part of this, and the reason I bring the book up, is if you don't want to buy the book, I'm good with that. But at least go visit the website. It's a separate website. It's called jackdailyslifebydesign.com. And on there is all of the appendix of this book. Now, I can tell you, you may not think that's a big deal, but this book is 300 pages. The appendix is over 100 pages. So it's all of the templates. It's the templates filled out with my stuff from real years that I've done it. And then the blank shells for you to do it. So if you if you can just go to the website and pull that down, you could probably design your life without reading the book. And if you wanted to read the book, then read the book. It's And, and it's in audio and it's in my voice. And so uh, that if you're an audio person, which is I am, uh, then... And we'll we'll challenge you to see what um, speed you listen to it at. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a powerful tool to have on your on your uh, bookshelf for sure. But making sure you go through the templates and do the work because uh, it doesn't it won't change your life if you just read the pages. You really got to put the pen to paper for sure. Um, so my big complaint as a speaker is knowing how well my stuff works and realizing less than 30% of the people take action, right? And it doesn't matter how good of a speaker or how good your content or how good the book is, if you're not doing something with it, right? That's right. If you're not practicing, that's exactly yeah. right. Uh, by the way, uh, 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 speaking of books, all of my CEO coach clients hear this book from me, um, and that's Essentialism. Uh, yeah, and on. it's written by McCowan. And it, 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 it reconfirms the get out of the weeds and focus on the most important things. Awesome. And we'll have links to all those books and to Jack's email and to his websites down in the show notes. So if you're trying to madly write that down, you can stop and uh, just scroll down when the, when the show's over. So Jack, it's been awesome to have you on our show. You're an amazing guest and uh, I appreciate our friendship and all that we've done together. Yeah, it was great seeing you earlier this year in D.C. That was very fun. Um, we we rocked the house that day. That was cool. Yeah. And, I was talking uh, about that and, yesterday. And, and, and by the way, uh, I, I know I know you're a golfer, uh, so uh, hit him hit him well, hit him straight, and take it from an old guy. You don't need to hit him very far. You just got to keep him on the fairway. That's right. Keep him <laughs> in the short grass. I'll be working with my coach this afternoon. Sounds Anyways, good, Jack. It's- Great to have you. And that's a wrap, my friends. Thank you for spending your time with me. For show notes and other episodes, visit us at impactfulleadershipshow.com. One last food for thought. Walk on with hope in your heart and you'll never walk alone.